1: He is the host of Strictly Speaking, and he is a radio host, also True Blue TV host. You can find that on Roku channel 529. Uh, He is friend, political commentator, and conservative genius, Bob France. Bob, welcome back to the show. How are you today, sir?
0: Wow, I didn't get that much uh, nice stuff for Christmas, man. That's a, especially <laughs> dropping the G word on me there, boy.
1: Well, uh, look, thank you, you. yeah, man. Well, you break it down and you do it like your like your uh, <clears throat> Facebook profile says, without a filter. By the way, you can follow him at France Rance, F R A N T Z R A N T Z uh, on X. And uh, Bob, lots to talk about today. Uh, House Bill sixty eight. Uh, is Gen Z finally getting it? Um, let's start House Bill 68. You and I talked about this. I was on Bob's show mm-hmm. earlier today, and I said Gary Click believes that uh, he feels good. And then I talked to some other people who said, I feel good, but if it were nefarious, here's how I think it would go down. Bob, what were you able <clears throat> to tease out today? I know that you talked a lot about 68. What what uh, what can you share with us? Where are, you, where are your thoughts in mind on this?
0: Well, as far as anything new today, I don't really have any new thoughts. I haven't heard anything. You know, it's funny, after I signed off the air with you on my program, I said, boy, Indy Jack, because he's in the belly of the beast. He's, uh, he's in Columbus. He's on the answer in Columbus, and so he's going to be able to get first-hand information about what happens in, the – Uh, in the house today. Uh, so I don't have any new information. I haven't heard or talked to Gary since last week about, uh, where things are headed. But, uh, from what you told me and from what, uh, I have read on, uh, some online sources, Jason Stevens is very confident that they do have the votes to override and he's willing to do it. What I'm frustrated by, and by the way, I'm no big fan of Jason Stevens for all the reasons that we know with respect to the trans dems or the blue 22 or whatever you want to call them that made a deal with the, um, with the democrats to get him the gavel but he's doing the right thing here he could have brought everybody back at the end of the break on the 24th but he brought them back today on the 10th to get this done but the reality is it doesn't help us much because matt huffman's side isn't going to be there until the 24th uh, as i understand it so so even if they take up the vote um you know they said they will do it right after the, the house does it but even if they have the override vote then then we're what, 90 days after it is when it finally takes effect, if I'm not mistaken. You probably know that better than I do. So I'm just an impatient guy, Jack. I mean, they're going to grandfather kids in that if they started their puberty blockers and their hormones and things like that before the Safe Act kicked in, then they can continue on it and on their road to what eventually becomes bodily mutilation and, uh, and, and surgical experimentation on these young bodies. Um, I don't like that. I'm I'm a guy who wants to get things done. If both Huffman and Stephen say we're going to vote to override, then both show up on the same day and get it overridden Mm -hmm. and start that 90-day clock now, not 14 days from now. I just feel like sometimes government moves at a snail's pace, and it gets very, very frustrating.
1: It does, Um, and I've got some perspective on that in a second. But I will be talking with Senate President Matt Huffman tomorrow. And it looks like it's going to be at 12, uh, yeah, 1235 tomorrow. So this time slot tomorrow, uh, President Huffman will be here. And of course, it's the first question I'm going to ask him, you know, why Why wait until the 24th? Are you going to call these guys back, guys and girls back uh, prior to that? But, you know, I think it's all going to hinge on today. And uh, my concern is, does he know something that we don't? Does Does he know? And, and I don't want to go into speculating about how this might go awry, um, because I don't want to give the nefarious people any ideas. But I do have a concern about how this could roll out and not get the result that, look, let's be frank, anybody who has a genuine desire coupled with the concern to protect children looks at this and goes, this is not the answer. We need to override this. And so I, I genuinely believe a supermajority of Ohioans support Overriding Governor DeWine's veto. But we'll talk about it uh, tomorrow. I did hear, Bob, I don't know. <clears throat> I didn't get to share this with you earlier that uh, uh, Brett Hudson Hillier is is one of the Republicans who said he he will not vote for the override. Now, when we have two last names, I don't know how you get on the red team anyway. Uh, so that's not really a surprise <laughs> to me. Um, have you great question. <laughs> have, have you talked with Hudson Hillier at all in the past and does that surprise you?
0: I have not. I have not. Uh so I can't say it surprises me or it does not. I do know, I mean how many they got 62 votes for the state act, right? On the house yeah. side?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 61 yeah, or know. 62. 62, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you know, I mean I, I I I'm assuming he was not one of them uh and is now not <laughs> voting to overrides for something that he actually voted for. Was he was he one of the 62 or was he one of the uh the minority?
1: I believe that Hillier uh, and Jamie Callender were both guys that kind of left the chamber, so they didn't vote for it they didn 't ah, vote against it
0: oh, they were okay, yeah. so they these were the cowards then okay yes, so no, then that does not surprise me at all that he won 't do it. Of course, my big concern is are any of the ones who were among the sixty two considering not voting for the override um you know and, and if they do. I would love an explanation, but um, I think it'll probably be what DeWine aimed for. And I know DeWine said last week you and I were doing my show when that press conference was live and we were kind of reacting to it. And he said, you know, he's uh, this uh, this executive order is not an attempt to try to peel off any of the people who voted for it to make them not vote for the override. But I think in, in practicality, that's what it was. I think that's what he was intending to do is saying, look, we don't need this legislation. I'm with you. We don't need surgeries on kids we know that stops far short of all the other things that the the, uh, uh, safe act protected against. But I, I just worried that there may be two or three who voted for the safe act who would say, Oh, okay, well we don't need to override his veto because look, he did come around and do the executive order. That's the only thing that I worry about, Jack.
1: Yeah, I do too. And someone sent this to me today and I think it's very fitting. If you are willing to abandon your principles for convenience or social acceptability, they are not your principles. They are your costume. And, Well said. If you cannot stand up in this hour and recognize that when Governor DeWine says, if it were not for this gender-affirming care, the child wouldn't have survived, there's no evidence to support that. That is a mantra that is driven into the minds of parents, which, Bob, I actually have some empathy for. If, If I had a child that was struggling with gender confusion, gender dysphoria, which, by the way, is usually not the symptom. Uh, or it's a symptom, it's usually not the issue. The issue might be autism. The issue might be depression. The issue might be some yeah. other thing. And if I'm desperate and the people at the hospital are saying to me, this is the only way, you know, in in crisis moments and in fear, sometimes we do things, right? And so I don't necessarily always fault the parents because I think as a parent, if I were in that situation, shame on me if I judge somebody else without walking in their shoes. Um But it's disgusting to me. There's no evidence to support that. Yet here we are.
0: No, of course there's not. And, you know, I I get tired of the the statement that, you know, it's care, it's gender affirming care to take a kid who's confused and say, okay, let's get your body ready to be mutilated. Let's start it with the preoperative drugs that have to be taken before you can do these things. I mean. If my child is is, you know, gender dysphoric, I'm going to treat that child as if my child was anorexic or if my child was bulimic or if my child was uh, um, bipolar or any other of a range of mental or psychological conditions. I would treat it with psychological therapy. That's what psychological conditions are supposed to be treated by, not bodily mutilation. You don't have a mind block and then say, we're going to tear your body apart. You say we're going to heal your mind. Your your body, your biology, your anatomy, your physiology, your chromosomes all say you are what you are. If your mind is having a problem with that, we need to work on you from a mental standpoint, not from a physical mutilation standpoint. It's just obscene. It is not gender-affirming care. The only gender-affirming care I believe in was expressed in a meme that I shared a short while ago that kind of went viral. Not that I created it. I just shared it. But uh, uh, it was a little boy looking up at his mom. I'm sorry, a little girl. I think looking up at his mom and saying, Mom, I think I'm a boy. And she said, Well, you're not. There you go. That's gender-affirming care. I am affirming that you are not, in fact, a boy. You are a girl. That's it. Um, that's what needs to be done here. And we need to convince these young, confused kids that are being trapped by social pressures uh, About pressure 10 seconds, and so Bob. Forth. Yeah. We, 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 if we want to be gender-affirming in, in our care, then we need to tell these kids they are exactly what their bodies say they are.
1: Bingo. Thanks, Bob, France for being with us today.
0: My pleasure. Have a great one.
1: Rounding third and heading home on the Wednesday edition of The Bruce Hooley Show. Jack Windsor here behind the microphone, editor-in-chief of The Ohio Press Network, filling in for the Bruce Hooley, who we continue to pray for. And uh, we know that he will fully recover and eventually be back here delivering the commentary and insight that you love and that I love. Um, I've got to play this for you because this is is gold to me. And... um, I'm going to set it up a little bit. So this morning, you've probably already heard that the uh, house oversight committee was in the middle of a hearing house Republicans there. They want to hold Hunter Biden in criminal contempt of Congress for not complying with a congressional subpoena to sit for a closed door deposition. Now he wanted to showboat and have a public hearing and Congressional representatives said, okay, you can do that after we have the closed-door hearing. Now, we got some insight on that. <clears throat> My understanding is that the closed-door hearing would allow for longer interrogations or questioning, right? Uh, in a public hearing, it's you've got five minutes, and that's about all. And, of course, you can imagine the amount of uh, circumvention and deflection and grandstanding that would go on there. So Republicans said, well, we'll let you do the public thing. After you show up for the closed-door hearing because we have some questions. And by the way, if you wonder what I'm talking about, the mainstream will tell you there's no evidence that supports the notion that the the Biden's – um, really operated a pay-to-play scheme, right? They peddled influence internationally in places like Ukraine and China, which, oh, by the way, <laughs> two of the biggest actors on the international stage right now could have our president compromised. And there's evidence that millions of dollars flowed through to the Biden family syndicate. And if you go to the theohiopressnetwork.com and you just type in Biden, like Hunter Biden, I mean, there's a plethora of articles there you can, you can start reading. But today, the uh, committee is in session and guess who's in the front row? Hunter Biden. Well, uh, Representative Nancy Mace didn't take kindly to that. And this is a long clip, but I just want to uh, play uh, the beginning here. Uh, Chairman Mr. Comer is about to turn it over to Representative Nancy Mace, and uh, we're going to pick it up there. Cut 10.
0: Ms. Mace from South
1: Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. First of all, my first question is Who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question You are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and. Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry.
0: Mr. Chairman. Um, if, if the, the, if, if, not if, not the general,
1: a, if the general if lady wants to hear from games? Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now. Mr. And Chairman, let's take a vote and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? Hold on hold, afraid on. on. hold on. Hold on. Order, order, order. order. Are women face, allowed to face? speak in right. here or no? Women are allowed to speak as long as they're not speaking over a Biden gun. Gun laws matter. unless you're Hunter Biden and you lie on federal application to obtain a gun. Um, drug abuse matters unless you're Hunter Biden. Um, wow. <laughs> Kudos, Representative Nancy Bates. She said, you have no balls. Straight up in a congressional hearing. I, I might have said Kajones, but she just put it out there. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, Hunter Biden has been on Air Force Two. He's been in the Vice President's House brokering international deals that brought millions we know that his dad was on phone calls we know that his dad had dummy email accounts uh wherein he communicated with hunter and hunter's business associates we have joe biden on video saying that uh the united states government was going to withhold a billion dollar loan guarantee to ukraine if they didn't stop their investigation that at that point would have looked into burisma and that is the company on whose board hunter biden was sitting you know hunter biden the uh, energy company extraordinaire genius um, good for Nancy Mace we'll see we'll see where this goes um, so switching down down downshifting here gears um, I want to let's see take a look at a couple of headlines what do we have here we've got it's hard to downshift I'm, I'm sorry I'm kind of giggling over here uh, by the way we're less than an hour away, or excuse me, a little more than an hour away at two o'clock. The Ohio House is scheduled to be in session. And um, you can find that at ohiochannel.org. That's ohiochannel.org. And uh, January 10th, two o'clock, is the next session. So uh, I do have. Insight that Jason Stevens said in caucus, which is that's the meeting of Republicans before they go to the floor, said that uh, we're going to let Democrats speak today. So uh, I expect quite a show on on the floor today. Quite a quite a lot of uh, why do you hate trans kids? Um, and so, you know, I want to reframe that argument right away because it's going to be delivered a dozen times today. I actually love trans kids so much that I'm willing to. Pull the curtain back on the rhetoric that says they need gender affirming care and recognize and discover that gender confusion is not gender dysphoria and gender dysphoria might even be a symptom and not the cause. We might be dealing with bipolar disorder or manic depressive disorder or we might be dealing with autism or we might be dealing with a host of other things, comorbidities that never get looked at and never get treated. Instead, we're just going to put our kids on drugs that stop them from going through puberty or load their bodies up with a hormone that they're not uh, built to host. And then at some point, they're going to lop off body parts. And, you know, the drug companies make a lot of money and the hospitals like make a lot of money. It's a good gig if you can get it, right? Medical industrial complex. Um, I care enough about trans kids to know that there's no evidence to support that that is effectual and safe and good. In fact… There are reports, uh, I believe, out of the Netherlands that say you become 19 times, not 19 percent, 19 times more suicidal when you enroll in that care. Sweden slammed the brakes on this for a reason. So, you know, just get out in front of uh, the Democrat progressive Marxist talking points uh, that you'll hear today. And just a reminder, Brett Hudson Hillier seems to be the lawmaker that's really not on board um, with Republicans. Um, So you might want to find Hudson Hillier's number. It's actually 614-466-8035. Give him a shout. Um, He won't be on stage for at least an hour. Uh, What else do we have today? So big thank you to Dr. Glenn Dewar at Cedarville University. Uh, Dr. Dewar is going to be with us consistently uh, throughout 2024, uh, giving us an international policy perspective on all things. And of course, uh, that policy perspective is going to shape how we see things and think about things with respect to the United States on the international stage, and uh, probably will play in quite a bit to how people vote for uh, who the who, who's going to be the next president, who's going to be the next uh, U.S. senator from the state of Ohio. So we really appreciate uh, Dr. Glendur and uh, Joe Gergley spent some time with us today talking about the congressional races in District Two and in District Nine, the U.S. Senate race. Um, really good, insightful stuff. Lad Dillgard weighing in on the panic that we might be in uh, as a country because we're we're deficit spending now because Bidenomics just isn't working. Uh, our dollar is worth less today than it was three years ago. And, um, you know, I don't know that that's going to correct fully in time to save, save uh, Joe Biden's bacon come November. And then, of course, uh, Bob France at uh, AM 1420 and, and True Blue TV Uh, You can find him at France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, Rance, R-A-N-T-Z, at Twitter. And uh, final Twitter poll, uh, Ohioans want the House to override Governor DeWine's veto. Tomorrow we'll find out if they did. See you at 11.